0: Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So I have absolutely no idea what this episode's
1: about. So I'm a little bit disappointed to hear you say that because I was sitting in my office all day mm-hmm. and I was thinking really hard in your direction, trying to send you some vibes about what today's episode was going to oh, be about. Oh no, is this
0: one about psychics? my oh. god <laughs> <laughs> this one is about psychics. Oh boy. All right. Um, you are listening to Linear Digressions.
1: Yeah, no, this one's really about psychics. You're, you're um, serious, okay. Yeah. so this, this time you're serious. Yeah, this time I am. So this isn't exactly about psychics. This is a paper uh, that's actually looking at the difference between Bayesian and frequent, frequentist statistics, which are two different paradigms. Bayesian and frequentist. Okay. Yeah, two different paradigms for doing statistics. And they use ESP studies as a sort of case example.
0: And that term ESP stands for extrasensory perception.
1: That's right. It has different... Meaning sometimes it's telekinesis, like moving objects around without touching them. Sometimes it's seeing the future. Sometimes it's talking to rocks. And, you know, whatever.
0: Talking to rocks?
1: I don't know. Probably <laughs> is, is that useful? Maybe. I don't know. I
0: mean, I guess we had pet rocks back in the 80s, right? Or was that the 90s?
1: I think it was the 80s. Okay. It was before my time.
0: Yeah, before my time, too. Okay. We're youngins. Anyway. Anyway.
1: Anyway, I think that your uh, reaction... So. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, you should go back and at least listen to the intro because I trolled Ben a little bit on that one and told him that that was an ESP study.
0: And we were actually talking about trolling. Yeah. And you were trolling.
1: And I thought I was really funny for coming up with that. Um, but <laughs> but Ben reacted with a fair amount of uh, skepticism, yes. we might say. Yes. And, uh, and I think that a lot of people would be very skeptical of studies that claim to have found evidence for ESP.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, um... What's his name? John Randy, I think? the, the He's a uh, well-known skeptic. And he has, I think it's a, a million dollars. It's a million-dollar challenge that anyone who shows that ESP exists in a scientifically controlled way gets a million bucks.
1: Sure. And no one's won the prize yet. <laughs> and so you can imagine, though, that there are lots of people who are studying if ESP exists. Mm-hmm. And you can also imagine that some of them will sometimes find results that are consistent with their being... ESP, basically. Mm -hmm. So imagine that I flip a coin behind a screen, and you guess whether it came up heads or tails. If we do this experiment a bunch of times, let's say I flip it 10 times, and you come up with 10 predictions. It's
0: extremely unlikely, but it's possible. It's still within the realm of possible.
1: Yeah, you can basically get statistical fluctuations that look like ESP, and it's the job of statistics to say how how unlikely is it that this was a statistical fluctuation, basically. Mm -hmm. And so anyway... The reason that I bring up your skepticism is because that skepticism is, I think, an illustration of a Bayesian approach to this, to this uh, question.
0: OK, so what do you mean by that, a, a Bayesian approach?
1: So Bayesian, with the reason we call it Bayesian is because it uses Bayes' theorem. Hmm. And Bayes' theorem has two parts. It has what we call a prior and a likelihood. And let's talk about the prior first, because okay. that's really important.
0: Is that what I know before?
1: It's what you think you know before. What I think I know before. Yeah.
0: So what's an example of, of a prior for, say, an experiment with ESP?
1: So for ESP, let's say I have something like four different cards, playing cards or something, and I pick one of them and I think about it really hard and you're sitting in the next room with the same four cards and you have to pick which one I'm like telepathing All right. through the wall.
0: You're making an awesome hand gesture oh, right yeah. now.
1: And so you can imagine that... Just by random chance, 25% of the time, you're going to get it right. Yeah. Okay. And let's say we did this experiment 2,124 times.
0: Okay. That's a v- oddly specific number.
1: <laughs> that's the number from this paper. Oh, okay. Paper. Okay. Yeah. That's what they did in the paper. I should say that I, I, I should give credit to the paper's authors. So the name of the paper is The Strength of Evidence Versus the Power of Belief. Are We All Bayesians? <laughs> anyway.
0: Okay. So you're doing this card trick trying to transfer the knowledge of what card you're thinking of. And you do that 2,124
1: times, 24 times, and you get it right, 709.
0: Okay, so I get it right, 709 divided by 2,124. Got this handy calculator here. That looks like about 33.38% of the time. So about a third of the time rather than a quarter of the time.
1: Right. This, as it turns out, is not very compatible with the idea that there's only 25% chance from just a random like there's it's there's a low likelihood that just a random fluctuation of 25% could get you all the way up to 33% because we didn't do this
0: we didn't do this like 20 times we did this like 2100 times we did this quite a bit so if it was indeed a one in four chance we would predict that it would be 531 times that I would get it right as opposed to 709 times that's right it's a big gap so, if it's unlikely to be random chance, one other thing that you could um, that you could ask yourself before you say, "Ah, telekinesis," is, "Are the uh, are the odds actually one in 4?
1: Right. And so, usually the way that you answer that question is with, in the frequentist regime, is with what we call a frequentist p-value. Okay. The p-value for this is two point two six times ten to the negative eighteen, and so what that's telling you is it's extraordinarily unlikely that when you're expecting to get 500 out of 2000 that you end up getting 700 out of 2000 just by sort of random statistical fluctuations. Okay. Very inconsistent with the no ESP theory, right? right? Now, let me ask you a question. These were all real numbers from this sort of meta study they did. Okay. Do you think that ESP exists now well, that I've told you this?
0: <laughs> personally, personally I don't.
1: Uh-huh. That is what that is your Bayesian prior. It's, that is
0: my Bayesian prior is okay. that Okay, yeah. Before these, before looking at these studies, I don't believe ESP exists. That's right.
1: After looking at the studies, maybe you've like wiggled a little bit in whether you think ESP exists. Um, but basically, because you were such a strong skeptic of ESP before, mm-hmm. it would take an extraordinary, an extraordinary amount of evidence for you to be convinced that ESP exists.
0: Yes. There's actually that saying, extraordinary claims requires extraordinary evidence.
1: And I think that that is my heuristic way of thinking about Bayes' theorem, is that you have both the likelihood, sort of like what's been going on in your experiment or your survey or whatever, but you also have this prior information Mm. that maybe it's you sort of putting in what you already know about the world. Maybe if we want to be uncharitable, it's you Putting in your biases, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so what they did was they took this exact analysis and they went through with several different choices of priors. So if you didn't believe in ESP before, you're not going to believe in ESP afterwards, and maybe you've like wiggled around a little bit, but uh, sort of the before and after look very similar with just a little offset. If you did believe in ESP before, then now you're like really convinced, and uh, and you believe in ESP afterwards. And then they also looked at the case where you have what we would call maybe a weekly held prior. So this might be like, mm, e-
0: like uh, maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. I haven't seen evidence, but whatever.
1: Right, or it's like somebody's like kind of flaky like aunt who maybe believes in ghosts. I watch those ghost shows. Right. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I can't prove that it doesn't exist. So like, I don't know. And then you hear this evidence, and you're like, oh well, that's actually pretty strong evidence. So like okay, sure, why not? ESP exists. And so you can see how much your choice of prior, your Bayesian prior, uh, strongly influences what we would call your posterior, which is what you think after you have sort of taken your prior and the information you've gathered about the world and you've combined them.
0: All right, so taking a step back, this study wasn't so much about whether ESP exists. Not really. But it was much more about how people hold on to their biases or their priors, their beliefs. Yeah. And in what ways these things shift.
1: That's right. And I, and this is a good example because it's it's something where people believe really strongly, usually, in their priors. So a lot of times in Bayesian analysis, you don't have a super strongly held prior. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, let's say I'm trying to compute who I think is going to win a presidential election. And I say, like, okay, well, this guy could have any amount of the vote between 0% and 100%. And I have no idea beyond that. And it's, you know... Yeah. all values are equally likely. Now, that's not even a very good example because usually you're going to guess that like somebody's going to have around 50% and the other guy's going to have around 50%. Right, yeah,
0: elections tend to be fairly close these days.
1: Yeah, and that would be reflected in your prior, in your prior mm. getting sort of more strongly sort of centered on the number that you think is where it's likely to end up. Um, but with ESP, of course, people have really strongly held beliefs about whether ESP exists. So I think that makes it a little bit fun to study. Anyway, I, <laughs> I want to end by just telling an example of hilariously cute priors. OK. <laughs> um, so the thing about priors is it's it's like, I think of it as like you going through the world and you learn. And you're like, the way that learning happens is you establish Bayesian priors in your Oh, head. interesting. OK. And one of the things about little kids is that they haven't really experienced very much yet. And so they don't have very good Bayesian priors. And uh, I was once babysitting for this three-year-old girl. She was one of my friend's kids. And we were walking around the Stanford campus and we see this little white dog. And it's got like kind of long legs and a weird shaped head and curly white fur. So
0: kind of a funky looking dog. A
1: little bit. And she points at it and she says, look, it's a lamb. And I was like, no, I think that's a dog, Loreline. <laughs> and she looks at the situation. You know, Think about this from, from the perspective of, of each of our perspectives, right? I have this strong Bayesian prior that lambs are not walking around the Stanford campus. Yeah.
0: And you've spent time there.
1: Yeah, so even though I see this little animal that like sort of looks like a lamb, I'm like, oh, it's probably a dog. Loreline doesn't know anything about the world. <laughs> so her likelihood function is very strong. She's like, oh, I see a little white animal. It's a lamb, because I don't have anything yeah, that yeah. tells me otherwise. So anyway, I was like, no, I think that's a dog, Loreline. She's like she thinks about it for a second. She's like, No, I don't think so. I think it's a lamb. <laughs> I was like, all right, kiddo. <laughs>
0: Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity.
1: This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.